The Adam Crowley Show. What happened to Cooch? I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say Cooch before I get in trouble, so you're fine. I'm good? That's yeah, it's K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with Cooch. No! Adam Crowley. Cooch be good. I love Cooch, in fact. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Yeah, we break away from the Crowley show right now because live on CBS LA, there is a motorhome pursuit. There are cops chasing down someone's motorhome. It is glorious television. Good thing we have a guest right now. Tim Benz joins us. Breakfast with Benz, the official vampire of the Crowley show. That way he can talk and I can just watch this, what has to be NFL football player driving away from the cops. Hello, hold Tim. on, hold on, I'm bringing it up on Twitter. Yeah, hold get on. it up, man. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting it right now. Is this a live stream? Oh, it's a live stream, baby. They actually have their own section. On, you're watching on CBS? I am. Okay, I've got NBC Los Angeles up right now, and they actually have their own section. Oh, here it is, I got it. Yep, it's live, I'm, I'm right up. Okay, here we go. He's still going, Adam. Everything, he's in OJ-type mode. They're giving him some space. The freeway is closed down. Uh, police chase, possible kidnap suspect. In oh, no. I don't... NBC4 has its own section for freeway chases. Did you know that? It's like a subheading. I did not, and that's something that I need to watch on the day. It probably happens every single day, right? And there's a bike and what appears to be a grill on the back of the motorhome. Yeah, I don't think you can be kidnapping if they're providing the child with a proper home. You know what, the freeway, I take that back. They're at a point right now where the freeway is not shut down. There are plenty of other cars on the freeway right now, so this could be hazardous. It could be. Which NFL football player do you think's driving? Uh, what's his name? Alden Smith. He's out there in California. Yeah, it's him. Why do they have one cop on this guy? He's in Northern California, but I think that's close enough, right? Yeah, it's close enough. He's in Southern California now. Pikoima, it says. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know who he's kidnapping. Me neither. Hopefully they're okay, though. Hopefully they're well, not in the posted. vehicle. I'll, I'll, I can do the interview, and I can still oh. let you know if something goes wrong. Oh, there are way more than just one cop car. They zoomed out. Oh, got, yeah, there's plenty of cop yeah, cars. Yeah, we got the yeah. chopper feed. Those are some badass cop cars, too. We'll get back to this in, well, in a few a minutes. Is there just oh, okay. one chopper, or are there multiple choppers? Are we going to have a chopper? Wasn't there like a chopper-chopper collision not too long ago doing one of these things, as I recall? There like was. Arizona? I'd imagine there's a police chopper and then a news chopper, but there are multiple news networks. There's probably choppers all up in the air. It probably, look, probably looks like NOM in Southern California right now. Well, oh, that's definitely a bike on the back. If not one, there's two bikes on the back, I Two think. bikes on the back. Yeah. And a grill. Boy, that motorhome is moving. It's going to run out of gas in like five minutes, don't you think? Yeah, I think I mean, that... Like- that's probably what they're hoping for, right? Just don't do anything stupid. At this point, what are you doing? Just pull over. Well, if you've got a, like a kidnapped suspect inside, then obviously there's, they're worried about a kid, so they can't just throw the spike strips down and have no. the thing turn over. And if it's a motorhome, then there's tons of extra stuff in there that's dangerous, like you know the oven and the microwave and coffee pots and things like that that could hurt the child. So we have to be aware of this stuff. Have you ever seen Anchorman 2? It'll be like when it flips over and the scorpion flies out and the, the boiling grease flies oh, I thought, I thought you were suggesting they were going to wind up in the grizzly pen. Well, that could be the outcome eventually. Uh-oh, did yours just black out? Oh, my God, they're cutting away from it. I hope no one died. No, 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 I'm, I've got the clean feed. Everything's fine. They just went under an underpass. So I guess we have the answer to our question here. 
Oh, I'm back. Multiple, I'm back. Oh, thank God. It's it's multiple feeds. It's multiple helicopters. Then, Tim, what do you want to start with? Ben Roethlisberger being Ben Roethlisberger, or the Penguins and whether or not they should retaliate against the Capitals tonight? Uh, let's go Pens first, and then we can get to Ben if you want to be Ben. I do want to do Ben. Let's start with the Pens then. There's no way they retaliate. They shouldn't retaliate. Play hockey. It's how you won the last two Stanley Cups. I wouldn't mind if they retaliated, though. You know, I as long honestly, as it goes for an I, even I, I up. I don't mind if he retaliates. I, I would prefer that they retaliate once they have the game in hand. Mm-hmm. But if they don't get to a position where the game is in hand, then yes, they should be wise and make sure that's priority number one. I would never put priority. The, the issue here is they don't have anybody who can retaliate and not cost them. I mean, like, right. is Alexiak going to do it? Then you have to play Matt Hunwick, which you're scared to death of over anyway with Brian Dumoulin being hurt. Like, therein lies the dilemma, right? Without a doubt. Uh, that's why I saw some tweets the other night saying Alexiak should get it going then, and they only had five defensemen at the time. I, I thought that was a ludicrous notion to go down to four defensemen just to prove a point. I think you prove the point with scoring, and you hope that the referees call a couple of penalties tonight, and if they do, then you score on the power play. I think that's the best way to affect Washington uh, because we're not going to see anything from the league. Uh, I, I think that's what has to happen. Yeah, the thing with the league, too, have you gotten what I've gotten is a lot of people are trying to say that Dumoulin moved his head and that's why they, he was in the position that oh, he was yeah. victim-blaming here? Yeah. Well, you know what? Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the NHL having that explanation in place. I think the NFL should consider that, too, because I think there's too much onus on those trying to administer contact to take into account a player getting hit in the head, except here's the problem in this case. That's not what happened. It's not <laughs> right. what happened. Like, you know, I, I heard Tom Wilson they say, oh, well, it's, it's a fast game. It happened fast. Yeah, you know what happened fast? You taking your stick from one hand to the other and maneuvering your shoulder and elbow into Brian Dumoulin's head. That happened fast. Like, that took a pro, man. You're real good. I was just laughing when I heard Tom Wilson's explanation. Yeah, Tom Wilson's the last guy who should get any benefit of the doubt. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I'm not going to leave my keys with a guy who's stolen 15 cars before. Uh, I'm also not going to believe Tom Wilson when he says there was no intent. And that's why I don't like the victim-blaming stuff, Tim, uh, because they they try to decide and decipher between whether or not there's intent here, intent there. Did the player move into the contact? I do think that if there's a hit to the head, it shouldn't be a suspension, but it should be a penalty. And then if it's egregious enough and if you do deem intent, then that's when you suspend him. I think the biggest overall failure came on the ice, though, and just not penalizing the guy at the time. They let way too much go, and we started to see this in Game 1. Uh, we are now in Ottawa Senators uh, mode here with the Penguins in this best-of-seven. It's like it was against Ottawa last year, where everything is going to go. You know, like the Brick Conley thing, for instance, on Matt Murray, right? Uh, did that materially affect his ability to make that save in particular? I don't know. Maybe. But it uh, is a penalty. Yeah, but it, that's the thing. It's like, don't you put him for two in the box just for being that outlandish about it? And what else is he doing there? It, the it, puck hadn't been fired. He's trying to mess with the goalie. It's funny, Tim, because I, I laugh all the time whenever there's this egregious hyperbole with sports broadcasters. Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is the greatest player of all time. This, that, the other. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It just didn't make any sense why Connolly would do that. Well, it made sense. He was trying to mess him up for making the save, but, you know, it's a penalty. There, there's There's got to be some cause and effect there, and 
That was one that was missed. And obviously the puck behind the post, and we don't need to get in the parallax view. Did you have some fun with the parallax view yesterday, by the way? Well, I did because I remember learning about parallax in high school because I had a teacher named Mrs. Kennedy who was smoking hot. But I haven't heard parallax brought up again until just now. And doesn't common sense trump parallax, though, Tim? It should for me. If the puck disappears behind the post, then it's behind the goal line. Yeah, did she ever parallax any of her students like you, or no? In my mind, she parallaxed a lot. I'm trying to think of, uh, yeah, I haven't really caught up with any of the teachers that I thought were hot back in the day. There were one or two. Uh, the 10-year reunion, I saw a couple. They, they held up pretty well. They held their own. They're fighting the good fight, as I recall. <laughs> What's going on in the background, by the way? Do they know that when like they're talking back and forth, I can actually hear them when they've got the mics muted and they're talking back and forth across the glass? Uh, clearly, they do not know that, and that's why they continue to do it. Yeah, Thanks. I can hear that. Like That goes over the phone when that happens. Is that the way? That, did they know that the studio is set up that way or no? I don't know if they knew yes, that. I can't hear you. Oh, yeah, yes, stop, hear stop you. it, Tom. Quit doing that in there. Tom's going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. How much do you make fun of the phone guests when they <laughs> Were they making fun of you, Tim? What's going on? I don't know. I mean, like, you can barely, between your own voice or when you're talking your voice, you can barely make it out, but there's always murmuring in the background. It's like the Levitard show. There's always other people you don't know who they are and they're talking. Like, that's what's going on in the background. I know, because I love that show. But, yes, this was not supposed to happen. Uh, Tom, it's offline. It's because offline's pushed. Take Tim out offline. Is he out? Can you still hear me, Tim? I can hear Adam, yeah. Now, Tom, say something in the microphone. Did you hear any I of that? nothing there. See, that's exactly what it was. Man, I'm doing your job, Tom. Suck yeah, on that. every time I come on, that happens. Every time, and you're only saying it now? Well, I just finally found a moment in my stream of consciousness to blurt it out. Usually I'm trying to make a more important, prescient, concise point. Mm -hmm. and now that I'm not watching the stupid uh, motorhome chase, I've got nothing. So, Update. There are 15,000 people watching this motorhome chase right now, uh, according to Periscope, and uh, nothing has happened. The RV continues to just roll away until it runs out of gas. What's the longest you've ever driven in a motorhome? I've never been in a motorhome in my life. I think I've been in one once, but I don't think it was in motion at the time. Hmm. Wait, you went to West Virginia. You've never been in a motorhome. My ass. Come no, on. First time I got, the first way I got to a West Virginia football game, I hitchhiked and jumped in the back of somebody's uh, Ford F-150. But no, I've never been in a motorhome. Do you think you have any guests that no longer will come on the show because those guys, were, like Brian and Tom, were saying bad things about them and they actually were able to make it out? Well, I'm wondering why Rossi's always so touchy, and maybe that's why. Maybe it is. Was he touchy with you today? He was a little bit, in fact. I'm very upset to report that I didn't hear the grading of KDO on the DVE morning show. What was the final analysis there? It was an A, Tim. Uh, we actually downgraded you to a B, Katie, because you didn't show up for the first hour. Unwarranted. I have, a I have a job to do here. Excuse me. Well, you just would have been super early for your job then. Well, I thought that Kay I would definitely downgrade Katie at least a least one letter grade, maybe if I'm feeling generous, half a letter grade, because during her Stormy Daniels report, she didn't even bother to mention that Stormy was performing at Blush Jones Club and Sports Bar, 9th Street downtown. Well, when Tomorrow you were blowing me Thursday, up on Twitter, I mean, news. when you were blowing me up on Twitter telling me that at 7 a.m., I was a little preoccupied. Though. Oh, man! 
Well, preoccupied with what? I was like, I heard your tease. I was trying to help. I mean, let's localize the story here a little bit. Yeah, I, come I, on, I Kate. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you for your thank you for your help. That I was mean, actually I just sincere. Want the TVE fan base out there not being informed by you. I want you to be wanted back. Like maybe someday we can do the show together when Val and Mike are both out. Or maybe they'll ask me. Uh, they might ask you. Yeah. Yeah, get the hell out of here, Tim. I want to do it. Well, why? We don't get paid. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I could be Randy and you can be Mike, or you can be Randy and I could be Mike. None of us can well, be Bill, though. He's too hot. <laughs> He's too hot? Uh, in my opinion. And my wife's, honestly, yeah. Wait, your wife has a thing for Crawford? I mean, she thinks he's cute, yeah. I mean, is it to the level of my affection with Mason Rudolph or no? Nowhere near it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we could, baby steps. But, incremental, But right? my disdain for the way my wife feels about Bill Crawford is very similar to this disdain Ben Roethlisberger feels for Mason Rudolph, it appears. Oh, this no? is exactly where I wanted to go. I mean, you saw me on draft night. Have you ever seen a... If I had ha- ever had kids, do you think I would have been happier the day my child was born than I was when Mason Rudolph was drafted? There's no way. We, were, we were doing the show, Tim. You came out, you did a somersault. Yeah, I mean, Juju and Antonio Brown and Lev Bell could have taken notes on my celebration dance. Because this is what we need. I, Adam, I've been doing this in Pittsburgh since 2001. Basically, I've had one year of a quarterback controversy. One year. It was when Tommy Maddox took over for Cordell in 2002. No columnist slash sports talk show host slash TV personality should have to go 15 years, 15 years without a quarterback controversy. That's just not fair. So now when Ben acts up or when Ben plays poorly or when he does the whole world, I guess the Cowboys got a few left in. I'm like, like now I actually have someone who I can go to and say, you know what, put Rudolph in. It's going to be a while. I understand that. But I was never going to say that about Landry Jones. I was, just, I was never going to say it. I'm going to be able to say it about Mason Rudolph. And that makes me very excited. Now, that was concise, Tim. And that was tremendous radio. And I imagine it's because people aren't screaming in your ear. Thank you for the time. Yeah, did you notice how like on point I was during that? I wasn't distracted. I wasn't trying to like hear over the, hear over the noise. I'm never having to deal with the noise, and yet I can't stay on topic. So, what, what, what are you doing with Katie in your studio now? Are you still trying to like lay claim before DVE takes? Her That's away, exactly or? what we did. We peed on her. Uh, <laughs> now we are back to Stormy Daniels territory. Goodbye, Tim. Bye, Tim. Bye, bye. Coming up next, Jesse Marshall of the Athletic, hottest take of the day, and other crap. It's the Crowley Show. Caps game three tonight right here on ESPN Pittsburgh but it is what's going on on the west coast that is the number one story on the Crowley show there is an RV pursuit child possibly on board they're saying it's kidnapping it is raining in Southern California but it's an RV there's a grill on the back and some bikes and they're using the windshield wipers that sounds like a pretty responsible person Who's providing a nice home for whatever child it is that they have? Uh, come on, kidnapping? I'm just trying to give them a good life. I just watched a movie this weekend called Gifted. Similar present uh, premise, pardon me. Uh, it made me sob. 
Jesse Marshall joins me now on the show. He of The Athletic. Jesse, how are you today? Good, Adam. How are you? I'm good, friend. Question. Should the Penguins go eye for an eye tonight and try to run Tom Wilson? Nah. Agreed. And if the answer was if the answer was yes, I'd tell you to do it. After, you know, if you're going to go eye for an eye, go after somebody valuable. I wouldn't refer to Tom Wilson as valuable in that regard. <laughs> I mean, you're almost you, you, he, the punishment for the Capitals is that he gets to continue to play. So uh, if you were going to exact revenge, you'd want to do it on T.J. Oshie or Nicholas Backstrom. But uh, Mike Sullivan's not having any of that. Really, the players aren't either. Um, every year they just seem to get more businesslike in their approach. And I don't know how you not like that after what happened in, you know, against the Flyers all those years ago and some of the meltdowns we've seen this team have. Um, the, Mike Sullivan has them completely, as, as, I think, as dialed in as I've ever seen them. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think you continue that approach. Uh, there's no need to go after that guy. There's no need to... Go after his teammates. If it happens, it happens. If you're out there over the course of a game and you got a chance to put a shot on him uh, that's within the legal limits of the game, fine, absolutely, make him pay. But don't do anything out of the realm of what we've seen them do these last couple of years. Because the last thing you want to do is put Washington on the power play. On the flip side, the Penguins' power play has been bad uh, the last four games. They are 0 for their last 11. But if you're going to make Washington pay, that's the way to do it, I think. Uh, get a couple of power plays, score on those, and make them have second thoughts about running around. Well, Adam, you mentioned you know having the opportunity to take a crack at Tom Wilson legally and, and, and getting taking those chances when you get them. Uh, playing him that way is going to force him to take penalties. Um, right. You know, for as tough as he wants to play, uh, I don't know that he's all that adept at uh, taking it. Uh, and I think that some of the Capitals, you know, over the course of the first two games, I think even a guy like Evgeny Kuznetsov has gotten frustrated by the Penguin speed, and he's taken a couple penalties as a result. So, um, yeah, to your point, I think that's it. I think that, you know, if Evgeny Malkin does play tonight, I think it's going to be a, a huge boost to the Penguins' power play. They've really missed having an elite shot in his spot, um, you know, and not to take anything away from anyone that's trying to fill in for him. That's a tough job. Uh, and Evgeny Malkin can fire those one-timers from those near boards uh, with the best of them. And just knowing that he's there uh, is something you have to respect if you're a penalty killer. I think not having that element has bothered the Penguins, and I think that, uh, um, you know, Washington, they, they give away a lot of lanes and not a lot of shot, uh, shooting opportunities. I think the Penguins have been a little too happy to take the lanes sometimes. Um, they got to find a way to get rubber on Braden Holby. Uh, that's how they came back and ended up winning game one, and the more shots they can get on net with the main advantage, the better off they're going to be. And, Mike Sullivan uh, really reiterated that and said as much uh, uh, today before the game. He did. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joins us here on the Crowley Show. Phil Kessel just doesn't look right to me. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while. I thought he got hurt at the end of the regular season. These last couple of games have not been great for Phil. Uh, did not look good on the power play, and he was really the fulcrum there, uh, as you mentioned. He's just not getting the puck on net. And why is the question? I think part of the problem, Adam, is something that's been symptomatic of the Penguins as a whole through the first two games is that they are not elongating their shifts in the offensive zone enough. So I think they've been so far through the first two games, I think they've been one and done a little too many times. Um, and Washington's a heavy team. Washington's made it really hard for the Penguins to even get out of their own zone tape to tape. Uh, that's just the kind of pressure they, they bring. And the way they play the game, Adam, seems to take away all of the easy plays. You know, you're, you're in trouble. You want to chip it off the wall. You want to bank it off the boards. Uh, it's not there. Uh, there's, there's a body there. Um, and, and the Washington's really jamming those easy lanes up. Uh, I think they're doing that at both ends of the ice. 
And for a guy like Phil Kessel, uh, you know, th- those, those, you know, you know, blitzes into the offensive zone where he rips a high quality shot off are great. Uh, you ideally like to set him up in a position where you can maintain possession of the puck for 30 to 45 seconds and have him do that three or four times as opposed to just one. If Dumoulin doesn't play tonight, that's not good. I think he's got a pretty good chance of playing, but you never know uh, whenever you're dealing with a head injury. Uh, I think Haglund's probably the most unlikely guy of the three uh, to play tonight. Uh, if there is no Dumoulin, uh, what do you think that they do with the pairs? And uh, if it is Dumoulin, then, well, you really dodged a bullet there. I think he's going to play. Um, he took a normal workload at practice today that was indicative of somebody that's going to come into the lineup. Um you know, if he doesn't play at him now, you've got a real issue because somebody's probably going to end up playing on the wrong side. And the question is whether you want that to be Jamie Alexiak or Matt Hunwick. Uh, Matt Hunwick hasn't played really at all uh, over the course of the last three or four weeks, and I don't like his speed uh, against that what Washington is bringing. Um, so I, I, I think the Penguins really did dodge a bullet. Uh, I think that Brian Dumoulin is going to be a go tonight, and um, nobody – I think the point, I think, you know, there's been times, Adam, where people haven't appreciated what Brian Dumoulin does. It's very, you know, it's not on the marquee, right? The jobs that he does, the things that he's good at, you don't sit in the car and talk about him after the game's over. Um, but, you know, experiencing life without him for a little bit is a, a nice reality check just in terms of what it is that he does, the minutes he can take, uh, and, the, and the impact he has on your team, especially at even strength. What have you thought of Chris Letang's game uh, in the playoffs thus far, and what have you liked and disliked about his play in the Washington series? I, I maybe uh, eye test here, Adam. I'll throw that at you, but I think I think he's had a little bit of a cleaner game. Um, there was a, the pinching game. It was the second game he pinched in. Um, you know, not the first goal that Kuznetsov scored 17 seconds in. I believe it was the second goal um, where he, he had, there was a bad pinch. He shouldn't have been up ice where he was and. Um, he kind of got turned around and, and the Capitals scored as a result, but I can't really think of other monumental errors that he's made. I think his recovery ability has been really important. And what I mean by that is when things go awry and the Penguins start chasing around uh, and they seem to be struggling to man mark, uh, Latang's been a little bit of an anchor in that sense. So I, I would like to see him skate it a little bit more. Uh, and a minute ago, Adam, we talked about that pressure that the Capitals do bring. The best way to get around that is just to just to go and take the initiative uh, as a defenseman and start the rush by yourself and let the forwards catch up with you. Uh, I think a little bit of, you know, for as aggressive as the Penguins have been in pinching in the offensive zone, I think they've left a little bit on the table with taking that, that extra initiative and getting the puck out uh, and turning defense into offense uh, and letting the defenseman lead the charge in that rush. So uh, I think he's been good. I think he's been better than he was against Philadelphia. I still think there's a little bit left that he can give uh, to get his game back to what it was uh, two years ago. Would you imagine that, not with Latang, but with everything else you just said there, that that's been the point of emphasis as the series shifts back to Pittsburgh with the, the Washington forecheck? It was kind of the same way last year. So in a way, I'm not surprised. I, I did think that this Penguin team was different. Uh, just some of the depth that they had, some of the, the trades that they made. Uh, I think they got a little bit, a little bit younger and a little bit quicker. Uh, and I thought they might be able to, to, to skate with Washington a little bit more. Um, I, I think they look their best when the game opens up a little bit. And um, Washington's been a little bit, will, a little bit too willing probably to give them that. Uh, but that's that's the way Washington wins games. Uh, the reason that the Penguins beat them last year, Adams, because they withstood most of that and, and, and punched off the counter 
uh, ended up getting a knockout as a result. Um, so I, I think the, the good thing about the Penguins coming back to PPG Paints Arena uh, is they love to dictate the pace at home. They love to crank it up a couple notches, uh, and they seem to just play faster at home. Uh, I think that's that's true of a lot of NHL teams that have a lot of skill, and, and, and tonight might be the night that you see the Capitals really get roped into that, uh, and, and that, that could be a cause for concern for Braden Holpe. Secondary scoring's been something that's been talked about a lot since the game on Sunday. I think that the Penguins have more secondary scoring once Malkin flexes back into the lineup. Shahin slides down. They jumble the lines a little bit. I think that is going to help them. As for Washington, they've basically been a one-line team this series in terms of the production. I don't know how much that's going to change. I like their top six, but their bottom six... Well, I don't, I don't see anybody flexing into their lineup that's going to make it better, unless, of course, uh, Burakovsky were to join the unit, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen. I, I was shocked. I think the, the one thing that's taken me by surprise so far, Adam, is you think about that Penguin second line of out of Guinea Malkin, and, and you know that T.J. Oshie unit with Nicholas Backstrom on that second line for a while there was really the the thing that made the, the whole thing work for Washington at even strength. That line was just so difficult to deal with. Uh, and the Penguins handled it really well in the absence of getting Malkin. I think I'd give a credit to Riley Shane for that and what he does at both ends of the rink in his 200-foot game. But um, now you now the question is, is if you get Evgeny Malkin back and he looks pretty good, uh, do you maybe think about throwing him against that Alex Ovechkin mm-hmm. line and trying Sidney Crosby out against Nicholas Backstrom? And that's not to say Crosby hasn't been good uh, offensively, uh, I think that, that as a whole, the Penguins have struggled to deal with that Ovechkin line a little bit, uh, and, and it's definitely given them a handful in terms of the transition, especially in the neutral zone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Mike Sullivan does. I have a feeling nothing's going to change, uh, but it, you might see some tinkering there as, as this evening moves on if, if Malkin sh- it does indeed play and shows some signs of life early. The fourth line, Jesse. Woof. Woof. I don't even like have Buzz's, a question. Like Buzz's girlfriend from Home Alone. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I'm glad this is over with. <laughs> no disrespect to Carter Rowney. He just looks like a fish out of water down there. Um, and, and I think it has affected the, the way that line works as a whole. Because Tom Kunockel, I do like what he does from a penalty-killing perspective, Adam. And he is a tough guy to play against. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the world. Uh, doesn't have a lot of flash or skill in really any facet of his game. But... Um, he, he can take minutes in the playoffs and you're comfortable with it. Uh, I think that Zach Aston Reese has really been the one that's majorly suffered uh, from that fourth line uh, with uh, Carter Rowney at center. Uh, Riley Shea and Zach Aston Reese had a little bit of something going at times uh, where they could, they could elongate a few offensive zone possessions. But you got to realize in game one, the fourth line didn't even attempt a shot on goal. Adam. They didn't even attempt one. Now forget, forget registering a shot. How does it just start with trying to shoot? Uh, and in the second game, uh, they, they, they registered their, their first shot attempt of the series, you know, a couple seconds in, uh, and then, but, you know, spent the majority of the rest of the evening in their defensive zone again. So, uh, I, I know Mike Sullivan is deploying them as if he's confident in them. That, I don't think the way he's using them has changed, uh, but there's just a lot to be desired, uh, from that unit as currently constructed. And I, uh, like you mentioned earlier, the trickle down effect of Guinea Malkin really does help there. How do you view Derek Broussard's game uh, so far in this series and what he's been able to bring to the table in the playoffs? If I've learned anything, Adam, from being on Twitter in the last 24 hours, <laughs> it's that people really want Derek Broussard to do nothing but score goals. 
And if he plays great defense and he takes teams to task, uh, dominating the, the shot share and the puck possession share and, and, and generating a ton of scoring chances, nobody cares. Um, that's been the, the drum I've been beating really on Derek Broussard all week long. I, I don't dislike what he's doing. Uh, this is a respect-the-process conversation for me. Um, I, I don't know that traditionally Dan, Derek Broussard has been a, you know, quote-unquote, um, uh, streaky scorer by any means, uh, but everything else but the goals is there, Adam. So, I mean, is he not, is he not being productive? Yes. Uh, is, is what's going on behind the scenes been very good? Also, yes. So I think it's just a matter of time. One goes in, Adam. That's all it takes for these guys sometimes. You get one, and then the dam bursts open, uh, and all hell breaks loose. So I've been, I've been fine with him. I know that one thing he's adjusting to, and one thing he talked to the athletic about is adjusting to having less minutes than he's used to. Maybe that's uh, something that, to take into consideration here. But, uh, but overall, if he keeps doing the things he's doing, the goals are going to come. Jesse, Dominic Simone is a guy who's had some chances, without a doubt. It looks like he's going to be on the second line with Brian Rust and Evgeny Malkin tonight if they go by what they did in practice. What do you think about that? I think that Dominic Simone, give him credit for one thing, Adam, has been being in the right place at the right time. Uh, he's had about as many glorious scoring chances in the series as anybody has. He has plenty of them away yet. Um, that, for me, is what I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, I love what Connor Cheery has done in the series. I know he hasn't, uh, you know, he's not lighting the, the, the scoreboard up either, uh, but his motor has been there. Uh, and, and I think that if you see Dominic Simone have a couple more of those opportunities on, on the front door that he can't put away, uh, I, I think Mike Sullivan might give some thought to, to bumping him down to that third line and giving Connor Cheery a shot up there. Um, you got to have somebody to convert those chances. Um, and we've been saying that about a lot of players in the Penguins, but Simone. Uh, he's been finding them. You just got to start converting them. Jesse, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you for that time, and we'll talk again soon, I hope. Thanks. I hope I got another, you know, at least three to five years in me. So. Oh, a little Ben Roethlisberger dig there at the end from our friend Jesse Marshall. I've got so many takes on Ben, and I've sprinkled them in throughout the program today. I'm sure I'll talk more about it tomorrow. Ben's play tonight, though. So we end on hockey. I've got a hottest take of the day for you. I've got other crap and the three stars of the show, which I know you're going to love. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Tomorrow on the show, we'll be breaking down the Penguins' victory, hopefully, over the Washington Capitals in game number three. Also probably going to be destroying Ben Roethlisberger. Spent a lot of time doing that today as well. I get why Ben Roethlisberger would want to lay claim to the quarterback position here in Pittsburgh, but no one is saying that Mason Rudolph was drafted to push Ben out the door. Uh, That's not the case. Ben Roethlisberger is old. He's 36 years old. You're done at this point in your career in most circumstances. Tom Brady's not. Ben Roethlisberger took a bleep ton of hits early in his career. 
All it takes is one more and the whole thing could be over. The Steelers did the right thing here. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I understand why he'd be a little bit upset because the end of his career is coming, but no need to speak out of turn here, Ben Boy. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> Here are some reasons hockey sucks. I love it. In fact, really, it's reasons the NHL sucks. One, Vegas is running shiz. They're up two games to one in the conference semifinal right now. And they're playing with all the players that nobody wanted on their team. That speaks terribly of all the general managers around the National Hockey League. Two, the National Hockey League does not care about headshots. Three, they take goals away if your pubic hair is across the blue line. Four, they'll also call back obvious goals because they're blind. Five, they don't call the rule book in the playoffs. They allow bros like Tom Wilson to run around and do whatever they want. 18, they schedule game one of their biggest series during the NFL draft. And number 20, the draft lottery show is hokey and it might be the whitest thing that I've ever seen. It's a bunch of general managers standing around in suits hoping that a ping pong ball falls their way. That shit is white. Woo! Other crap. Tom Brady was asked if he's valued by the Patriots and said, quote, I plead the fifth. Hey, Tom, they traded Jimmy G to the Niners. I'd say you're valued. Woo! Other crap. Brady also said he wishes Malcolm Butler played more during the Super Bowl. Hey, Tom, why don't you learn how to catch? Woo! Other crap. And not fumble. Woo! Other crap. Pretty boy. Woo! Other crap. Montana's the best of all time. Woo! Other crap. ESPN has offered Jason Witten $4 million to be in the Monday Night Football booth. Vance McDonald makes $4.3 million to actually play tight end. Woo! Other crap. Charlie Morton is 4-0 with a 1-7-2 ERA. Garrett Cole is 2-1 with a 1-7-3 ERA. Woo! Other crap. The joke is that the Pirates suck. Woo! Other crap. I mean, how do you let those two get away? Woo! Other crap. And then throw Steven Brault in your rotation. Woo! Other crap. The Mets say that the report on Harvey partying is not a big deal. Hey, Mets, you know what is a big deal? The fact that Harvey's a fake ace. Woo! Yeah, about that? Other crap. What happened? A high school coach says he got fired because of a number of black players. Woo! Other crap. Spoiler alert, the coach was racist. Woo! Other crap. Marc-Andre Fleury made the save of the playoffs last night in San Jose. Hey, Murray, that's how you use your glove!
Woo! Other crap. It's been 422 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show. Jesse Marshall. I wouldn't refer to Tom Wilson as valuable in that regard. <laughs> I mean, you're almost, you're, he, the punishment for the Capitals is that he gets to continue to play. So uh, if you were going to exact revenge, you'd want to do it on TJ Oshie or Nicholas Backstrom. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Tim Benz and Adam Crowley. Doesn't common sense trump parallax, though, Tim? It should for me. If the puck disappears behind the post, then it's behind the goal line. Yeah, did she ever parallax any of her students like you or no? In my mind, she parallaxed a lot. And tonight's first star of the show, Katie Oh Hey Jerry. 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 You don't happen to have that full song, do you? So good. That's house music, ladies and gentlemen. Who let the dogs out? This is my kind of house music. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Hey, Jerry. Pens caps. Coming up in moments on ESPN Pittsburgh. We break it all down tomorrow. And rip Ben Roethlisberger some more. Hey, it's going to be fun. Please join us. Go Pens. See you out there, bitches.